sort of folksy, isn't it? Sort of. <laughs> Morning, partner. Morning. Uh, good morning and welcome to Magnificat Radio at MagnificatMedia.com. This is your morning tradition where we are... Living our faith. Mike and Lisa Austin with you on a Friday morning kicking in. Coming up for you this morning. Oh, by the way, praise be Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Now and forever. Very special day today. Very big day today. Wait till you hear the history. That's coming up. Your day in history... Uh, as well as our special guest later on. We're going to talk with Gemma Drury, making a little trip over across the pond. Hello, Gemma. Hello. <laughs> Should I? Uh, we're going to get on Skype and talk to London England this morning. I got I really should stop trying to do that accent because I don't do it well. I don't think you do too bad. Yeah, no, I just... I Maybe think I, they would have a different opinion. I but. don't Remember know. that you're a human being with a soul and the divine gift of articulate speech. Yes. That your native language is the language of Shakespeare and Milton and the Bible. Don't sit there crooning like a bilious pigeon. Ow! Okay, fine. My. So we're going to talk later with Gemma Drury, who... Uh, we're going to talk about modesty. Yes. And specifically this book by Dr. Alice von Hildebrand, the... Privilege of Being a Woman. Yes. And a highly a, recommended what book. What a great book. Highly recommended book. Mm-hmm. And also today we're going to, uh, it's a Fulton Friday, but not here on our show. Later uh, today at noon and again at 7 o'clock tonight, a Fulton Friday means we're going to, first of all, we're going to celebrate our, our newly found friendship and partnership with KeepTheFaith.org. Mm-hmm. And we're partnering with them to kind of promote some of the some of the uh, offerings. They have a, a, over they have thousands, literally thousands of good, solid, orthodox, traditional Catholic speeches, conferences, tons of Bishop Sheen stuff. Keepthefaith.org. And so, uh, if you get a chance, you want to you want to visit them. I mean, you you buy it, you purchase it, right? But they're cheap mm-hmm. and downloadable. Or you could buy the CD. Anyway, we're going to help them promote some of that by, uh, we're going to do some of these things, like Fulton Friday, for instance, we got from them. So, uh, not Fulton Friday, but this particular talk today, which we had excerpts of before uh-huh. here on Your Morning Tradition. Uh, today at noon, uh, Bishop Sheen will talk about um, the daily holy hour. And in this particular talk, he's talking to priests and nuns at a conference, but he wraps it around your own home as well. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be today's uh, noontime and 7 p.m. time uh, conference here on Magnificat Radio. During this show this morning, though, we're going to talk modesty with Jim Drury. Later on, as we uh, pull up Skype, the cuckoo song, because it's Friday. Right, and you know what else today is? Today is a big day. What, Lisa? Go ahead. It's the first apparition of Our Lady. The anniversary of 1917. We'll have that in history in just a minute. But right now, it's over to our Michigan News Bureau, who later in the show, Stephen Cox will have details on all of these news headlines. Stephen. I'm Stephen Cox, and this is your Magnificat Radio News. Mr. Trump goes to Washington. I think we had a very encouraging meeting. That, of course, was Paul Ryan, the current Speaker of the House, talking about his Thursday meeting with GOP presumptive nominee Donald Trump. Stunning news from Rome, Pope Francis said in off-the-cuff remarks that he would be open to, quote, studying whether or not women should become deacons. A Catholic pro-family group is calling for a Moris Laetitia to be withdrawn by the Pope. According to John Henry Weston of LifeSiteNews.com, John Smeaton, the co-founder of Voice of the Family, issued the request to the Pope in his keynote address 
at the annual Roman Life Forum recently. For Magnificat Radio News, I'm Stephen Cox. Thank you, Stephen. And we'll have coming up uh, into the first break here in just minutes our Friday edition of your morning mandatory Mozart. Just a little bumper music with a little classical Mozart. Morning mandatory Mozart. Uh-huh. That's nice. Right into a nice bowl of granola. But right now, Lisa. Yes. It's when I get to ask you the question. How can you know where you're going? If you don't know where you've been. That's why we do this day in history, you see. We have made history. Any day in history. A day that will go down in history. History of this day. This day in history. This day in history. Today happens to be the 13th day of May in the year of our Lord, 2016. It's the 134th day of the year. There's about 230-some of these days left. Back in 1787, old Captain Arthur Phillip, he left Portsmouth, England. Hello, England. Hello. Hello, Gemma. <laughs> With, he had 11 ships full of convicts. They called this the first fleet that was establishing the penal colony in Australia. On this day in 1846, it's the Mexican-American War. The United States officially declares war on Mexico. 1917, this is what we were talking about. The three children reported the first apparition of Our Lady of Fatima in Fatima, Portugal. This very day in 1917. On this day in 1923, Robert Bellarmine, a doctor of the Catholic Church, is beatified. On this date in 1938, it was May the 13th when Louis Armstrong and his orchestra recorded uh, When the Saints Go Marching In for oh. Decca Records. Yeah, When the Saints Go Marching In. Uh-huh. On this day, May 13th in 1939, the first commercial FM radio station in the United States is launched in Bloomfield, Connecticut. And it was on this day in 1981, Pope John Paul II was shot and wounded as he drove through a crowd at St. Peter's Square in Rome. And his sash is on display in Czestochowa in Poland. If you go to the shrine of Our Lady of Czestochowa, mm-hmm. by the shrine, they have it encased in a glass thing up on the wall. Right, and there are blood. I think we've mentioned that before. There are blood stains. Well, of course, there. And, yeah, uh, it was a pretty scary day. It's uh, interesting. I, I vaguely, and it was 1981, so I was in a way different place, but I vaguely remember that happening. Uh, and there you go. So a little mandatory Mozart for you as we uh, make our way on through your mm, Friday, Friday morning. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, we're going to do this, and we're going to pull up Skype and talk with Gemma Drury. The privilege of being a woman by Dr. Alice Von Hildebrand, and she's part of another group, and we'll talk a little bit about that with Gemma in just a yep. minute. Mike and Lisa Austin here on Magnificat Radio, MagnificatMedia.com. This is your morning tradition where we are... Living our faith. Every Sunday evening, end your holy day with us here at approximately 6 p.m. for 45 minutes of prayer and chant as Magnificat Radio presents the Magnificat and the Holy Rosary followed immediately with Sunday evening Vespers. This Sunday and every Sunday at approximately 6 p.m. Central Time U.S., the Magnificat, the Holy Rosary, and Sunday Vespers. Here on Magnificat Radio at MagnificatMedia.com, living our traditional Catholic faith. 
back again with Mike and Lisa Austin here on Magnificat Radio and MagnificatMedia.com. It's your morning tradition where we are. Living our faith. And part of living that faith is trying to, especially for ladies, project the best image, and that being a modest image. Immolating the Holy Family uh, from fatherhood under St. Joseph and motherhood, of course, the Blessed Mother. Uh, joining us now, talking about modesty, joining us uh, from England via Skype is Gemma Drury. And we're going to talk about modesty and clothing. Gemma, it's nice to have you with us. Thank you. It's nice to meet you at last. Yes, we've <laughs> talked uh, many times through email and that, and uh, it, it, through the miracle of Skype. We've uh, yes. been able to hook up with a lot of people all over the, uh, the country. You're part of a group called Crusaders of the Immaculate. Explain a little bit about what it is you guys are all about. Um, there's a group of people that they pray, uh, especially the intentions for the consecration of Russia, um, for the restoration of the true mass, um, for vocations for the priesthood and the religious life, um, and for the bishops, priests, and religious of the Society of St. Pius X. Very good. I think it started with the 54-day rosary novena, um, and then it grew from there, so they do novenas throughout the months and um, lots of other intentions and things so yeah yeah that's neat so let's talk a little bit about modesty and specifically this book by dr alice uh von hildebrand which have you read the the entire book now or, or are you reading um i read it a few years ago all in one go uh, actually it was my sister's book um, but um, I've been rereading it. It's one of those books you can dip in and out of quite a bit yeah. and find nice quotes and things like that. So, really, it's yeah. almost like a handbook, isn't it? Uh, this, uh, and first of all, we should probably, uh, the name, the title of the book we're talking about is? It's The Privilege of Being a Woman. Love it. The Privilege of Being a Woman. It As is. a man, I, I understand sh- nothing about women, so let me just say that up front. <laughs> 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 what, what, what is the overall, um, when we talk about modesty, and, you know, we it's more, it goes beyond just wearing a long dress for women, doesn't it? Yes. Um, it's, well, modesty is the guardian of purity. So um, that's your own purity and the purity of other people. Um, so like Our Lady at Fatima said that more souls go to hell because of sins of impurity than for any other reason. Um, and that's because they're so easy to fall into and they become a habit as well. So mm-hmm. if purity and chastity are so important, it follows that modesty is also very important. Yeah. Um, and it's the tool we use to guard our souls and from committing sin. So. All tied directly with Our Lady, because we're talking about Mary-like modesty. Correct. And uh, while we're all not going to walk around in robes, I mean, uh, you know, there is some fashion here. Is it possible, I don't want to say exist, but function in a modern society with Mary-like modesty? Yes. Um, Women in the past have managed to do so. Um, It's still possible now. Um, I think it's more about an attitude Mm. rather than exactly what it is you're wearing. So... Um, I mean, I work as a carer in a nursing home, so I wear a dress for that. Um, people comment sometimes that it's smarter than a tunic and trousers. Huh. Um, I do the garden in the skirt, so... Um, 
I wondered about that. Is it hard to do gardening and things like that in a skirt? Because in the United States, I think a lot of people, women, have a hard time grasping that concept. And and how do you go about it? Especially generations that have grown up with pants. Things I haven't always been modest myself. It's um, it's like a a progression, I suppose. So you can you can sort of make those excuses in your own head. And but mm. if you try it, um, yeah. it's still possible. So um, kind of. <laughs> Jim, well, Jim, let me ask you this. Going back now, um, you said you haven't always dressed modest, uh, you know, to marry like modesty. What do you consider the difference in yourself today, having having gone through the process and now in your, your day-to-day uh, routine, trying to be a more modest person, more so beyond just even in dress? W- tell me, the um, how does it make you feel as a person, as a woman? What's the difference? I think... It goes back to being having a sense of um, being a temple of the Holy Ghost and being conscious of your own dignity of being, as being a woman as well. Um, because it's very hard for women to hear, you mustn't do this, you mustn't do that. Um, I've gotten quite down about it myself, because um, especially being from a more uh, traditional Catholic background, as you know, summer camps and um, and any sort of talks that were given about modesty, the reasons behind it weren't always put across. It was always very negative. Okay. So, like listening to uh, or reading, sorry, about um, what Dr. Alice was saying is, um, women have a mission, and that's to be guardians of purity. So, I think day to day. The clothes that I wear, if I, I've still got two pairs of jeans, occasionally I'll, I'll use them, but I really do notice I'm very much more conscious of, um, I feel exposed, I suppose, is the, is the word. And it's interesting because, um, with sleeve length, I hadn't really thought about sort of t-shirt length sleeves. Mm-hmm. And I'm now thinking about that. And mm-hmm. because the more you're covered, the more you're conscious of, of being dignified, I, I think. What is it about elbows and knees that, because we always hear, you know, below the knee, you know, the elbow. What is it about elbows and knees that are... Um, I don't, it's not that they are provocative in themselves um, or that they are they are intimate areas, but the more you, you cover yourself, um, you convey sort of a more deeper reverence for your body and therefore your soul as well. Yes. So, um, and the purpose of modest clothing is to draw attention to your face, to you as a person, not your your overall system. body. Yes. So, yeah. I, so I yeah. suppose is it that elbows and knees are more of a gauge? They're like a spot on your body that you can actually say, "Okay, there is a spot. That's a good starting point." I think so. I'm okay. not entirely sure, but also um, women have such an effect on men, and men see things differently to how we would. So um, I think it's more to do with sort of the the line that you're um, portraying, and then also, I, as I understand it, men sort of fill in the blanks, mm-hmm. whereas women, yeah. women don't necessarily see 
things like that. I That's just, true. I mean, well, that is so true. Girls look at and women look at things differently than men do. I can tell you, as a red-blooded American man, in today's society, we are bombarded constantly. I think to a... I mean, women see it. You see it, but, but men take it differently. And we mm-hmm. are a, attacked by the same ad, the same image, the same billboard, the same whatever, in a way that is... I, I don't think it, uh, it's possible for a woman to really truly understand that um, because it, it's just, I think it's just the devil's way of just getting in there, you know? Um, Is that one of the reasons that you're talking about when you said growing up and things, you were always told you need to do this, but you were never told why? Is that uh, one of the reasons? It's because of how, the effect that it has on men? Yes. Yes, I think so. And uh, what are some other ones that you can share with us that you remember? Um, sorry, say that again. What other reasons that you have learned, uh, uh, the reasons why we do modesty, uh, do you have other specific reasons? Um, For instance, when you mentioned before that, that, that you weren't always dressing modestly and that perhaps it wasn't mentioned to you reasons why. And I think we drop the ball a lot is, as traditional Catholics as we say, well, this is this is the rubric. This is what we say. This is what we're taught. And we have to make sure and give the reasons why. And so was there ever an aha moment for you uh, where you went, oh, that's why I need to do that. Oh, I get it. I think it's more of a gradual process, I think. Mm. Um, most, Yeah, mostly to do with your effects on men and then also because women have um, lost the sense of what we're all about and um, and the sense that we're all about is the temple of the Holy Ghost yes going back to the book Dr. Alice says the very structure of a woman's body conceals what's intimate um, very different to how a man is. So, so she explains that what is hidden usually means something needs protecting and is mysterious. Um, so, in a in a special way, women belong to God, um, particularly because um, because we have that potential to bear life. Um, if you do become a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, God touches you in a particular manner when a child is conceived. Mm. And of course, Our Lady is the perfect example of that um, with conceiving our Lord as well. Um, so, so if we start from there, so we're learning that we are the temples of the Holy Ghost. And we, yes. the women have a special place in God's heart. And because we bear the children, um, that's where we're starting from, right? Yes. And we so have, from there, we have to protect what he has given us. And we have such, in, in society in general, we have such a twisted view of men and women and how they work together and how the puzzle all fits together. It really, it, it, it's going to take a coming back to God to get everyone on the same page and on board with this. I really, I really believe that. Do you get, when you're out and about with, say, I don't know, maybe you don't have non-traditional Catholic friends, but when you're out shopping or whatever, do you get folks who will say anything about your dress or the way you're dressed or anything like that? Does it give you an opportunity to discuss it? Um, I was asked um, in my work, well, why do you always wear the dress? 
mm-hmm. people have commented. Well, I think particularly at work, what do I remember? Um, it's it looks smarter. It looks more professional in a from a work point of view, at least. Yes. Um, people always look at us and our family when we're out and about as if we're Amish. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do you have Amish in English? The Amish? Do you know? Well, what we do know, Yeah, we know what that means. Yeah. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. um, but of course. It doesn't necessarily mean to dress modestly means you have to be dowdy or um, frumpy. Because right. that's another big thing, isn't it? Women sort of um, say, get upset, I can't wear this, I can't do that. But it's, uh, for me, it's, there's such a, it's so easy to be negative all the time. Right. So, um, do you, is there ever a point where, where ladies cross the line? If they have the right sleeve length, let's say in a top, and the, the sleeve length is correct, and the, um, <clears throat> the neckline is correct, but it's very form-fitting to the body. Now, what we've learned from various sisters is that we're supposed to conceal and not reveal. Yes. So in your opinion, um, it, would that be a point of crossing that line? Yes, hmm. um, because... I was reading something the other day. Um, tailored clothing is not the same as um, figure hugging. So you can have structured clothing, like the you know the ladies in the fifties or the forties, and you know very elegant, um, uh, creating like a, a silhouette. But um, today you've got all the stretchy fabrics and materials. Clothing fabrics not as good quality anymore. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I can't just wear a regular T-shirt. I usually layer it with something underneath as well. Um, mm-hmm. And because uh, there, there's been a trend for sort of um, what they call maxi dresses and skirts, you know, they're, they're nice and long and they cover you up, but they can be quite stretchy. They can be quite figure hugging. Um, and even traditional women haven't sometimes realised that. Right. You, you need to put put something perhaps underneath. Well, I I had went, I I saw a nice long, it's hard for us to find nice long skirts, okay? Do you find that in England? Is it hard to shop to to find stuff? This is hard, yes. And so I found these two, but they're the stretchy material. And they were on sale, and I I got a couple of them. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to find something that covers my, my bottom part, you know, so that it's not so... Revealing, yeah. And so that's the compromise that I had to make is, okay, I went and got this nice long skirt, but now I have to find a nice long shirt that will go over it so it doesn't reveal as much and it just drapes. And so that it doesn't, it doesn't uh, form me so much. And we're, we're talking with, with Gemma Drury from England, in England via Skype, which is just amazing to me, and I'm loving this. And we, we're, we're talking about modesty, Mary-like modesty, and we focused a lot on women's clothing and dress, but it has to do with more than just that. It's lifestyle and language, how you carry yourself. And we'll be back here with Gemma Drury in just a minute. Uh, we'll focus uh, a little more on on the other things, too. And, and we'll talk with Gemma here in just a minute. we got to get to Stephen Cox with the news of the day. And, uh, oh, and a website we'd like to direct you to as well. It's all coming up here on your morning tradition. Mike and Lisa Austin here on Magnificat Radio and MagnificatMedia.com, where we are. Living our traditional Catholic faith. 
Magnificat Radio is available locally anywhere you are, through the Internet, worldwide. If this is important to you, to have Magnificat Radio available in your life, then your tax-deductible contribution will help sustain it and keep Magnificat Media, Magnificat Radio going. Thank you for listening to and supporting Magnificat Radio. Welcome back to your morning tradition here on Magnificat Radio, MagnificatMedia.com. Mike and Lisa Austin with you, where we are... Living our faith. Talking with Gemma Drury in England via Skype about this book of uh, Dr. Alice von Hildebrand. For, for It's called The Privilege of Being a Woman, and we left off talking a lot about clothing. But Gemma, in the book, does Dr. Hildebrand uh, discuss... Uh, clothing a lot in there in modesty? She actually doesn't mention um, clothing much at all. It's, her mission was against fem, uh, feminism mm. and the idea that um, the, the undermining of women and what their mission is and to, you know, um, the strange idea of um, somehow we'll become freer if we are more like men. So she goes into things like um, answering the feminists of her day um, you know, women are less creative, um, and then she compares that with, um, well, seen from a Christian point of view, a Catholic point of view, um, we we have the, the biggest potential to be creative because we bear new life and we're responsible for souls. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, so it's it's very nice to read a book um, by a woman who's intellectual, but. Um, is truly Catholic as well. She gave me lots of different ideas about um, women in a broader sense. It's very hard to explain because she goes so in-depth. Sure. It's and it's quite a small book. Um, you don't have to be, you know, highbrow to, um, to be able to read it. So. And how uh, did you come across it? Where would someone be able to purchase it? Now, we were given it as a gift. I wonder if online you could find it online. It's to be online. I'm sure it's on um, eBay or Amazon or... Um, I'm sure it would be, too. Yeah. And again, what we're talking about is a book by Dr. Alice von Hillebrand. The, book, the name of the book, Gemma, if you, if you would, please, again. It's The Privilege of Being a Woman. I love the name of that because mm-hmm. it speaks so... I mean, that, that says a lot in just a few words there. I want to wrap up by just mentioning something, and maybe you've, you've seen this as well. But, you know... If you look at movies from the past, I mean, way in the past, 30s, 1930s, 40s, even up into the 50s, some of the some of the old uh, shows, women carried themselves in a much more dignified way. You'd see gloves, you'd see hats, the the dresses, and it was it was a way, just a more dignified way of being, and I think. As a man, men in general, all over the world, I think, would just drive to that. Would just we we crave that, you know. Let a woman who won't get offended if I open the door for you, because I'm I'm called to be a chivalrous man, you know. It goes way beyond opening the door, of course. But what I'm saying is, you get women who are offended by that, and I think if just if you look at those old movies. And the turning point came, I think, in the, obviously the, the you know the '60s, maybe even seeping into the '50s, early on. But it really did uh, change. We have this thing. I don't know if you're familiar with the Modesty Fashion Network, right? You get uh, this was a, a thing that was done, 
And you like this. This She sent it to us. Oh, you, we got this from you. Yes, well, I only spotted it the other day, but I thought it was very relevant. Um, Maybe yeah. you want to, I don't know, just tell the folks what we're looking at. I'm looking at the Modesty Fashion Network from the 1950s. This was a, a, a group that started in, actually in the United States, right? Yes, these ladies um, going to, is it, oh, it is a school, it's a school. Um, and it seems that they were fed up with the immodest fashions that were coming through and they wanted to do something about it. So they did um, a survey amongst the students um, um. I think I think what they found, um, from what I remember reading in the article, they found overwhelmingly that a lot of the young girls were actually on board with this, and and without having voiced it before. Yes, because yeah. Let me pull it up real quick because I want to give some of the questions they asked. Uh, for instance, they asked, um, uh, "Do you wear one kind of dress for a dance at school and another kind for a dance elsewhere?" In other words, did it showing off for their friends? And and some said yes, but most said no. Do you read magazines that are, that I like this that feature cheap love stories? <laughs> I, now, I, I, now that's fifties, nineteen fifties talk. But when you think about it, um, again, this goes to well, well beyond just your manner of dress, right? It does. Yes. Yes. Um, it's the way you think, um, it's the way you talk, um, the, what you listen to music-wise. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it's because all also you, you become desensitized. Um, I noticed before, um, probably, yeah, my teens, um, that you, you wouldn't notice that um, the, you know, the way you dressed or the way you talked was... There was something wrong with it, but um, as as the years have gone on, and I've tried to live more actively um, as as a modest woman, and you know, to practice the presence of God, that uh, you do, you become incredibly sensitive to um, your effect on other people. Right, right, and when we and start actually, having children too, it definitely accelerates. Yeah. And, uh, you know, teaching my girls how to be modest and, you know, how, watching what they wear and how they wear it. And they're always asking me, does this look okay? How is this? You know, and even our son, too, um, he'll ask me if everything looks okay. Even though for the boys, it's a lot easier. They seem to, the fashion world anyway, seems to gear towards the boys in a normal, more of a normal way. Well, it's a man's world, ladies. Get used to it. <laughs> That's the way it is. What if, I have another question. What about heels? Does it say anything in that book about heels, or what is your opinion about the, the, the height of a heel? Well, I didn't find any information specifically about that, but I thought about it in a, a common sense sort of way myself. So um, I've always thought that the reason women wear heels is to be more elegant. Maybe it's not necessarily the heel, but maybe the style of shoe. That can look provocative. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. So you can you can have a, a bit of a heel, you know. Um, I mean, I'm quite a tall person anyway, so I like wearing heels, but I can't wear them too high. <laughs> they look really uncomfortable to me. As a man, let me just say, you get up past, you know, an inch, that looks really uncomfortable to wear. And some of these shoes you guys wear, holy cow, well, you guys don't, but I, that you see these in the store. I don't, honestly, I do not know how women walk in those things. They're like five-inch heels, stiletto heels. 
Yes, if you think about it, um, that was what you know prostitutes were wearing not mm-hmm. that long ago and seen as unacceptable. But now women, for some reason, think they're good. They're good. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you could say that just about any piece of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> So, so really, uh, about an inch or inch and a half, maybe two inch heel is perfectly fine. Again, I, as a man, I would just have to say it depends on the style of shoe. They call it a pump. Because, and I, and let me just say this too, as a man, ladies, I'm just here's why high heels are provocative. When you have to point that little foot of yours, that little dainty foot, we love so much. That little dainty foot. Although I'm not a foot guy, I hate feet. Feet are nasty. Nasty, nasty, sweaty, nasty things, okay? But, okay, so people eating right now, we're sorry. But, okay, so you slip that dainty little foot into that that pointy heel. Now you have to, you ever point your toe? What does it do to your calf muscle? It flexes your calf muscle, becomes very provocative to a man to see that shapely shape, and it forces that out on a woman. And then when you raise the skirt level, mm, that's you're getting into some dangerous territory there. Now, I've not found anything that has explained that at all. Even, um, you know, YouTube videos where young men are explaining, oh, you know, um, low-cut tops and things, are, they're not good, and uh, what it means to them for a woman to be modest. But nobody's mentioned about heels at all mm-hmm. and what the potential danger is for that. Well, so that was a good explanation. Yeah. So watch out. Yeah. Wear tennis shoes. <laughs> so is there anything else that you wanted to share with us that we um, haven't covered yet? What's frustrated me over the years is it's not just about the do's and don'ts and getting upset about it. Um, you know, this is, it's about obeying God's law, mm-hmm. but um, there's a lot of joy to be had for being a woman. You know, um, I enjoy being a woman now, um, whereas before, because of that confused message, um, you, you just end up feeling so frustrated and sort of bounce from one to the other, you know, trying to be honest, and then you go back to being, oh, I can't be bothered to do this anymore. You go back to, I just want to wear my jeans, you know. But um, there's one woman that um, she's been canonized, St. Gianna Moller. Mm-hmm. And I've got her book, and she was sort of around in the 50s and 60s, and there's beautiful pictures of her in modest clothes, and she enjoyed dressing up and um, being a woman, but she'd balanced that with being um, a Catholic at the same time. So she had this lovely quote. Um, she said, Our body is a cenacle, a monstrance. Through its crystal, the world should see God. Um so I take her as an inspiration because it's easy to think um, of saints in the past, of, of sort of mythical almost. Yes. Um, but she, there, there are current photographs of her um, and she led a very holy life and ultimately um, lost her own life to save her child as well. So um, it's all about finding contemporary holy people to yeah. inspire you. Very good. Yeah, and she's somebody that she, and people can identify with. She's more yes. tangible for people to identify with right now. Yes. Oh, and the name again? I want to write that down. The name again is? Um, uh, St. Gianna Moller. Excellent. And I think she died in 1962. And she oh. wrote a book, right? It was just a, a, her biography that I wrote. So I this read. is a modern saint? Yes. Okay. Oh, my. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Gemma yeah. Drury in England. 
It's been such a pleasure. I am so giddy that we got together on this. This is nice. Yes, it's been nice. I do have another question, though. Oh, go ahead. Have you ever come across, and maybe this is just something that we should bring out just for a discussion, um, because there was a, a, something that, that had happened and how we should approach people who are coming to a traditional mass that maybe have not come before and, uh, you know, they're dressed in pants or they're dressed yes. not the way that we're supposed to be dressed. You know, how do we approach those people and how 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 are we supposed to handle that? Yes. Um, I don't know about specific incident, but I just I'm sure that that has happened um, with people at our church in the past because um because I mean I go to the church in London mm-hmm. and there are people coming and going all the time and um, there are the the regular people but there are a lot of um others that might be travelling or um might have only just heard about the the traditional mass right so um, and I think sometimes unfortunately they have been jumped on for not mm. dressing in the proper way or whatever but if you think about it, that person might have just plucked up the courage to come to Mass and see what it's all about, um, especially if you don't know them. You know, that's, um, yeah. it's not very charitable, so um, give them a chance first. <laughs> I agree with that, right. Oh, yeah, very like, good. Let's uh, practice a little charity very towards good. them and, and uh, you know, find out maybe what their lives are about. Like you said, they're they're new coming to Mass. and Strike up a conversation. Do you guys have donuts after Mass in England like we do here? Not donuts. Um, they're sausage rolls. <laughs> oh, that's a yummy. Jeff Crumpets? Uh, no. Oh. It's the only thing I know about England, tea and crumpets. <laughs> have you had tea yet today? I have. I've got one here. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. I was kidding. Oh, that's funny. That's what they do. That's right. How many times a day do you guys drink tea? I'm just curious. Uh, well, I, I, I do love tea. Two or three times, I suppose. My wife loves tea. I'm a coffee guy. I do. Sorry about coffee. that. Yeah. Gemma, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I hope we can do this again from time to time. Thank you. Gemma Drury in England. In London, England, right? Uh, well, I don't live in London. I live just a couple of hours outside. Where so just like in, just like in America, in England, sometimes you have to drive quite a ways to get to uh, a, a, a traditional Latin mass. Yes, I don't drive, so that's interesting. I go on the train. But, huh. um, oh, yeah. okay. Wonderful. So you take the train to mass? Uh-huh, yes. It, how far away is it for you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, altogether, it's a couple of hours or so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gemma, we're going to cut you loose. Thank you so much for your time. And I, I really enjoy listening to your radio, and um, God bless you for your work. Oh, thank so. you. And God bless you for being our guest. Gemma Drury, <laughs> everybody. Uh, we're going to get back here and, uh, and mess around a little bit more here with your morning tradition, Magnificat Radio, MagnificatMedia.com, where we are. Living our faith. You will learn.
learn something that quite possibly you didn't know before. There is a lot that can be discussed about with altar linens. They have layers of symbolism. Join us here on Magnificat Radio at MagnificatMedia.com every Thursday throughout the day for Louis Tafari and learning about the Roman liturgy. Learning Latin as it is used in the Mass is actually not terribly difficult to do. You can simply start by simply reading the Gloria, even the canon exclusively in Latin. Louis covers the history, the rubrics, the traditions that make up the Latin rite, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The general rule is, whenever the priest is saying something aloud and is meant to be heard by everyone in the church, and he bows, everyone should bow with him. That's Louis Tufari every Thursday and again on Saturday morning for a replay, just in case you missed it. Learning about the Roman liturgy with Louis Tufari. Here on Magnificat Radio at MagnificatMedia.com. Living our traditional Catholic faith. We welcome you back to your morning tradition. Good morning. Good morning. Howdy doody. (laughs) Magnificat Radio here at MagnificatMedia.com where we are... Living our faith. And our thanks to Gemma Drury mm-hmm. from England. We want to mention also the website Crusaders of the Immaculate Heart, of which she is part. She is. That's where we got, like, the Mary-like modesty. Yes. So. And the book she was talking about, again, The Privilege of Being a Woman. You probably mm-hmm. have it in your library at your house. And, uh, you want and to if pull you that don't, you should just get it. Yeah, you can find that. But uh, Crusaders of the Immaculate Heart, I don't have the website right in front of you, but Google it, you'll find it. Crusaders of the Immaculate Heart. They've got a great website. Before we get to the Friday Cuckoo song, which Lisa demands every Friday. See, it's like we have your mandatory Mozart in the morning, mm-hmm. and we have, which we had early in the show, then we end the show with your Friday Cuckoo song. But today we're dedicating it to a very important listener. Really? Mm-hmm. Natalie. This is for you, Natalie. All right. So when the cuckoo oh, song... I went to Peaches Flowing Spring Where the water's so good And I heard there the cuckoo As she calls from the wood Holia Holia kikia, holia cuckoo Holia kikia, holia cuckoo Holia kikia, holia cuckoo Holia kikia, Friday morning cuckoo song. So, who are we dedicating that to? Natalie. Natalie who? I don't know how to say her last name. Natalie D. Twiddly D. (laughs) Anyway, it's for her. 
Okay, Natalie. She sent me a little email and said, I love the cuckoo song on Fridays. Well, there you go. Your day is ready. I just hope you like some mandatory morning Mozart, because I'm going to play some more. More mandatory morning Mozart. Ooh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Mike and Lisa Austin here. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Go boldly, everybody. And join us at noon for Fulton Sheen on a Fulton Friday, making a holy hour. Hey, we didn't mention church and state. Church and state throughout your day with Stephen Cox. Today we'll be at 10 a.m., 1 p.m., 5 p.m., and 8 p.m. today. Yes. In fact, I will make sure that it is (laughs) programmed in today. Thank you. It will be there. And uh, we didn't mention our podcasting, but we're one step closer to getting all that done. Yes, we are. I mean, it'll be on SoundCloud, iTunes, all over the place. You'll be able to share it like crazy. Just like we are all over the net with Twitter, Pinterest, (sighs) Google+, Plus, you name it, we're there. We are covered by a social media blanket. Sometimes it suffocates us, but it's okay as long as you share the content. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go, Bully. God bless you. And our thanks to our friends over to KeepTheFaith.org for sharing us uh, with some Fulton Sheen as well. So uh, I think that's it. Thanks, Gemma, for being on. Yes. Thanks, Gemma. It was great to meet you and talk with you. Have a groovy weekend. Mike and Lisa Austin, Magnificat Radio, MagnificatMedia.com, where we are... Living our faith.